Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter, and welcome to episode five of Buffalo Press Box. I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter, sports editor of the Niagara Gazette. And Nick, we have a whole bunch to talk about this week. The Bills bludgeoned the Dolphins 48-20. It was, in my opinion, one of the more memorable games in recent memory. It was just fun from start to finish. Uh, what does this mean for the Bills as far as uh, they're standing in the AFC East, the AFC, even the NFL? I mean, a lot of people after that week one loss were concerned the Dolphins uh, were coming up and they thought the Bills finally had some company and they probably do. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins are going to go away. But overall, in the big picture, what does this mean for the Bills? I think they're, the Super Bowl window is still open. I think... <laughs> I think there are some some national people who tried to close it, uh, but it's clearly still open. I mean, you look at the last three weeks, you know, okay, maybe the Raiders aren't great. Maybe the Commanders aren't great. Dolphins are good, and the Bills took them to the woodshed. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was it was it was pretty pretty dominant performance uh, on both sides of the ball, and I think. The, the the craziest thing is that the Bills were confident going in. Mm-hmm. You know the the they are usually a team that is is going to compliment the opponent going into the game. They're gonna say all the right things. They're uh they're gonna stay away from the cliche bulletin board material. And you talk to some of the defensive players last week, and they. They they brought up you know unsolicited. I think we have a good game plan, is what they would say, and they were right. I mean they, it took a couple of drives to 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 get rolling, but I mean once they did, I mean they they just put it on uh, on Tua last like yesterday. I mean it was they hit him eight times. He didn't complete a pass and got sacked four times. I mean that was. And when they couldn't hit him, they just kind of got in his way. They t- they they knocked down four passes. Um, it was impressive. So so what happened uh, as the game progressed? Because the game starts and they're trading touchdowns, and it was it was living up to the hype. It looked like it was going to be an all timer as far as a shootout. Anyway, you know, a team coming off seventy points, and they just go down. And, and the Bills a couple times right away, and the Bills matched them, and then the Bills took over. Like, what what suddenly started happening? I mean, you, you reference you know them getting to Tua, but what else happened? I, you looked at it, the first two drives. I think Miami actually moved the ball easier than the Bills did. I mean, they, yeah. I think they had one third down in the first two drives. Um, I think what happened on that third drive was they got behind the sticks, and no matter how good they are. Um, that's tough to do in the NFL. Um, you know, you, you look at a lot of NFL teams now, um, they play for that third and long. Uh, I think Mitch Morris brought this up a while back. Um, you know, it used to be, you know, you get somebody in third and long and that was the down to bring, to bring the heat. And now it's, let's get the third down and we're just going to play some soft coverage and not give you a chance to get anywhere near the, the first down marker. So I think that was the the big one on that first drive. Uh, but the other part is they just they stopped the run. Um, Miami was was leading the league in rushing going into the game. They led the league in everything, total yards, passing offense, rushing offense, points. Um, but they were averaging over six yards a carry, 
and the Bills held them to 20, 20 yards on seven attempts in the first half. I think that was the big thing, and that made that made it a drop back game for for Tua. And I don't think he is he is very he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's in that class with Patrick Mahomes, with Josh Allen. Um, you know, pick your your grade A quarterback. I don't think he's quite there yet. No, he's not, and in my opinion, and. It's funny because Tua has become, you know, this season and at the end of last year he's become, you know, what people I think expected him to become or is becoming there. But, I mean, wasn't that long ago he he didn't even have a completion over like 40 yards in the NFL and it was well into his career. So he's he's really come a long way fast. But, yeah, I still think there's a long way for him to go, I, in my opinion. I mean, you know more than me. You've seen him up close. but uh, Yeah, and, I mean, he gets the ball out quick. I think uh, 29 of his 39 dropbacks, he got the ball out in less than three seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's getting it out quick, but um, I think he started seeing some things, you know, in his head a little bit. Like um, you look to the, the fourth and one play at the end of the third quarter First of all, I don't know why they didn't. Miami didn't run the ball. I think the whole world was wondering why they didn't run the ball. I mean, he he, they made some weird decisions last year. Um, It was a shotgun, not to interrupt you, but it was a they were in a shotgun too, right? Right. I mean, it was fourth, and it was fourth and inches. It wasn't just fourth and one. Um, (laughs) uh, But but that play clearly the number one read was to to Tyreek Hill. Uh, on a on a fade route, which again, why well, you're running a fade route on fourth and one? Mm-hmm. But he didn't look anywhere else, and he had Jalen Waddle open and never looked anywhere else. And I think that's a cumulative. The Bills getting after him, the Bills getting their hands up in the passing lanes, um, it it just kind of kind of got to him, and he's so intent on getting that ball out quick that you know some of that stuff can tend to happen where you just locked on to that one that one guy and you don't come off him no matter no matter what and that's kind of what happened there i mean you look at last year in the game in miami um he was not comfortable when any when anyone got near him Uh, and i think he was a little bit better in the second meeting but clearly pressure pressure affects him quite a bit Interesting. I want. I want to go back to something you brought up and uh, talking about the uh, the Bills' window closing. And I, uh, they brought this up on the broadcast, and uh, you've 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 heard it for months now. And I don't know if it's with you know some of these other teams emerging, like the Bengals, even though the Bengals are going back this year. But you know they talk about the Bills' windows closing, and uh, where, where does this come from? Because they have a quarterback that's you know. Just entering his prime. I mean, they they have a they have a lot of different pieces, and so, I mean, some some are a little older, obviously, but I mean, they have the biggest piece is just entering his prime, and they have a lot of other young talents. So where do you like where do you think that narrative comes from? Um, I think a big piece of it is the need to have a narrative, right? <laughs> I mean, that's it's a lot of these 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 shows on TV during the day. They gotta fill content three hundred sixty five days a year, and I think that's where a big a big part of it comes from. I mm-hmm. think the other part is they're always people are always looking for the new thing, and you know Mike McDaniel is the new is the new quote unquote genius. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the other part is how things ended last year was not was a big part of it. They just got they just got walled by the Bengals. And when you look at that and don't take into context how they got to that point or the fact that they were actually 13 and 3 last year and I think lost 3 games by a combined 8 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big part of it as well. Um you know, but but that that, that that's 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 got to be where it is, but I think they're they're proving people wrong right now. Um, thirty eight points or was thirty seven points or more in the last three games. They they lead the league now in in scoring margin, um, and you have to say that right now, you know, heading into week five, the Bills are Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. Now, you could have said that last year or the year before or whatever. I mean. A lot can change in 13 games. Um, and and what matters is, are they Super Bowl contenders at the end of Week 18? Um, and, you know, as we saw last year, that things change pretty fast. And I, But I, I think it will take something, s- similar events. I mean, I, it's not multiple snowstorms that move games and uh, 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 a player you know, for all, you know, dying on the field. Like that's mm-hmm. not that, but I mean, injury wise, like they, every defensive starter missed a game last year. They just got ravaged. And I think that's going to be, that. that's what it's going to take. I think for the bills to, to lose the AFC East this year. Interesting. So the one downer from the game, from a Bills perspective, is that Trey White uh, has been lost for the season with a, a torn Achilles. Um, the second one in three years. Uh, I mean, just uh, you could tell right away too it was bad just by his reaction and the players coming out. Uh, how how will this impact them? He's obviously one of the league's best when he's healthy and. Uh, and they, the, the Bills have been a little thin at cornerback. So how, how does this how does this all play out for you? Well, we talk about the injuries in there. You know, and there it starts with Tredavious White. And right. Obviously, Jordan Poyer just missed a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's some of that. You know, the Bills are older. So that's, mm-hmm. you, you think, you know, maybe they're older. They're more susceptible to injuries. Um, they're older in certain spots. They're, they're, they're obviously young at quarterback. But right. um you know, Micah Hyde is older. Jordan Poyer is older. Um, Daquan Jones was having a fantastic start of the year. He's older. Um, but Tredavious White getting hurt, I obviously he's a very good player. He's, you know, one of the ten, five to ten best cornerbacks in the NFL um, when he's healthy. And he was, he was kind of getting close to being that guy again. Uh, but I, I don't think that it's going to be big enough where you're going to say, oh boy, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's one player who could get injured where you'd say that, and it's Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. You could say maybe another one would be Matt Milano, just because the Bills are so so thin at, at linebacker and he mm-hmm. does so much for him. But you know, you, you look back last year, the start of the year, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam, the three guys that are going to, you know, step into his his role now. They played fine until until you know White got back around Thanksgiving. I think on Thanksgiving, um, 
so I, I I think if they can continue to play at that level, I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, you, you look at Kyrie Elam, who is, you know, a lot of people are talking, is he a bust? Um, well, you know, he's not. He's not been inactive because he's he's bad. He's been inactive because they have they have three good cornerbacks, you know, outside cornerbacks. Um, and then they have a couple of guys who play special teams that they, they put in front of him. And that's why he's inactive. I, I, I think Kyrie Elam might be maybe miscast in the Bills defense. Maybe he doesn't fit their scheme. Like he could go somewhere else and have a, a fantastic career. Um, it, it's not through um, lack of effort. Um, he is he is the last guy off the practice field every day, and I mean every day. Really, Elam and Benford are the last two guys in the locker room every day, catching passes from the jugs machine, doing footwork stuff. They they Elam works hard, um, and you talk to him, and he's intelligent. So it, it doesn't seem like he's not grasping the playbook. It, it just might be a matter of him not fitting into the the scheme. He's a press man corner at Florida um, and he's being asked to play more zone now and it's a different animal um, but I, I just think based on what they've done without White in the past um, the fact that he wasn't himself last year um, even when he came back I, 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 I you'd like to have him and um, you feel bad for him the second, second season ending injury in you know, really less than less than three years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a bummer for him. And now you have to now you have to wonder: Is he ever going to be himself again? Is he ever going to be that Pro Bowl guy again? Um, because he's not getting younger. He's not an old man, but he's not getting younger. Um, but I think I think that they will be able to find um, enough out of those three guys to replace him. And um, Today, Sean McDermott, you know, pretty much said that that's that's what they're going they're going to look at the guys that they have rather than you know maybe trying to find somebody through free agency or a trade. I mean, I, I don't know who's who's just kind of sitting out there on the open market that's going to be better than any of the three guys they have. So interesting. So Josh Allen, I mean, we we, we all know about his performance week one against the Jets. It wasn't good. But he's come back, and he's he came back with two two good ones, and really against the Dolphins, an MVP type performance. He's twenty two of twenty five, four touchdowns through the air, one rushing, three hundred twenty yards, a perfect passer rating. Could you see him building up to something like this? Well, I think it's I don't know about building up to. I think it's just it's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe the the. It's possible that maybe the first that first game was has been in his head a little bit. We we haven't really seen that guy until yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was good against the Raiders. He was okay against the Commanders. Um, you know, against the Raiders, he did a lot of taking what was there. Against the Commanders, he didn't. He took some risks, but not a not a ton. And you saw some of those wow throws. Uh, yesterday, he just put it all together. Um, we, we, he didn't, he didn't, I don't know that he put, ever put the ball in jeopardy. Um, and then he just made some, some ridiculous throws. The, the throw to Stefan Diggs, the 55 yard touchdown, he threw that from the opposite hash to the sideline 
and that's you know 30 yards across the field mm-hmm. 25 yards down the field i mean that was just an incredible he threw it on a rope that was an incredible throw um the touchdown to Diggs, the second touchdown to Diggs, you know he's moving around the pocket and then throwing a dart on the run i mean that was another incredible play um so that's always there it's just I think yesterday was the perfect storm. I think there's some some accumulation over the last few weeks of him taking what was there, and you know maybe you know maybe maybe the Dolphins not being as willing as some of the other teams to let him you know to die by by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, and the other part is they they've gotten the play action pass game going, um, and that comes from the run. They've been able to run the ball well the last three you know two three weeks. And that sets up the play action pass. And Allen was nine for eleven for two oh six and three touchdowns on on play action yesterday. I mean, he he was five for five for one seventy in, in a touchdown on play action under center. So clearly, that's that's been ad- advantageous for them. Did you have those m- numbers committed to memory? They're pretty impressive numbers. They are impressive numbers. Yeah, I, I think I'm more impressed that you could just rattle them off like that. Yeah. That's that's what my job is, Bill. All right, okay. Okay, so the Bills, 3-1, three, three straight wins. They're heading to London this weekend to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. It feels like it could be a bit of a letdown game. But, I mean, the Jaguars, I mean, this is a team. I mean, they won that playoff game last year against the Chargers. They have Trevor Lawrence. I mean, they're, they're a, f- a foe to be reckoned with. What do you... What do you make of this matchup? As just as far as uh, how the you know we saw, well, I guess it was two years ago that the Bills lost nine to six to the Jaguars. Just what do you make of this this matchup? As as far as you know, the kind of opponent the Bills are facing. Well, they, they they're just hanging out in London this week. They get the the benefit of that. They're just mm-hmm. haven't played there last week. I mean, I don't know what would you do in London for a week. I don't know. Um, You've never, been to, you've never I, been to London? No, my parents have. What about London, Ontario? I was uh, by it the other day. You were by it? Or we went by yeah, because the Sabres played that preseason game in St. Thomas. It's right by London. You so. should you should stop there. It's it's a forgettable place. But um I don't I, think I've ever been there. I I used to go yearly. Oh, did you? Yes. Every every last weekend of January for well, maybe a four or five year stretch, we we'd go every year. Um, for a hockey tournament, never really saw much of the city, but I think one year we were watching television in uh in the hotel room, and you know the 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 London Knights there, and all of a sudden they're talking about this this guy, this Patrick Kane guy. Ah, yes. And this, you know, this is before he was, you know, number one overall pick kind of guy, mm-hmm. and before social media is like, oh, who is this guy? It turns out he's from you know South Buffalo, but. That, that's where I first became acquainted with Patrick Kane in a hotel wow. room in London, Ontario. Wow. Well, those, those, that, if you look up that 0607 London Knights team, they had a lot of players. and They're escaping me right now, but some of those London teams have been incredibly deep. Didn't Steven Stamkos play for, for London? No, he did not. But um, I'm trying to think who was on that London team. Steve Mason, the goalie. There were others that are escaping me maybe sam gagne another very high pick but, yeah. where did steven sam play uh brampton i forgot yeah. you're pretty confident there that it wasn't london though 
No, it was not. John Tavares briefly played for London. That's what I'm thinking. John Tavares, ninety-one. It was in the same, same number, a different guy. Yeah, Tavares played for for London. Uh, but the Jaguars. Um, yes, back to foot, back to the the pigskin. I mean, they made the playoffs last year, and obviously the AFC South is not uh, the deepest of divisions. The two and two division. Yes, isn't every team two and two? I don't know that any of them are overly impressive. Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. I don't know that he's yet to show that he is like the best quarterback prospect that's ever lived, like some people have been saying, you know, when he came out. Oh yeah, he he was part of the hype machine. Right. Um but the the idea of a letdown game though was real. I mean A because they're coming off of such a high. Like I it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what what they say, you know, that it's just another game is that's a, I think that's a load of malarkey. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they were ready for that game. Just, I mean, there are so many, they left so many breadcrumbs that this is, it was more than another game throughout the week, whether it's asking for the fans to show up and be loud or, um, you know, just the idea of, of letting it slip. Yeah. We think we have a good game plan. Like that was a big game for them. Um, I think they were tired of hearing about the Miami Dolphins offense. Mm-hmm. They were tired of hearing that it's Miami's division now. Like that, they that was a big win, and you're coming off of that, and now you have all the logistics of traveling, you know, across the ocean for a game. Um, that has the setup for for a letdown type of game, and then you factor in the fact that. They have been accustomed to having some of those letdown games every year. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no team is gonna, gonna play well every week or or win every game. But I mean, the Bills have had some clunkers, and they've had them when you just don't expect it. And I guess that's part of the NFL too, right? The Cowboys uh, cruise in their first two games, and then get handled by the Cardinals. I mean, who saw that coming? Right, well, the Jags game two years ago, nine to six or whatever it was. Right, and but it, it it comes, it happens, it happens. I mean, look at last year; they start out first two games, they won by a combined seventy-one seventeen, and then you know it was hot, and they had some issues in the secondary with with injuries, but they lose to Miami by a point. Um, you know, they they beat the Chiefs last year in what was a really really tough gritty win. Then they have the bye week, come back and play a good first half against the Packers, and then all of a sudden, you know, they play a bad second half against the Packers. They go and they play a terrible game against the Jets that ends in in Allen getting hurt, and then they go and play the Vikings and let that game slip away in the most ridiculous of ways. Um, so, so it happens. I mean, you go back, you could go back to twenty twenty one. They beat the Chiefs and then lose two out of three. Mm-hmm. They they lose by three to the Titans when they try to sneak on fourth down at the end of the game and Allen slips and then of course you know they they, they have a win and then they lose nine to six to the Jaguars and the Jaguars now are much better than the Jaguars then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you, you look at you, you go back to twenty twenty they're four and zero and they can just get thumped by the Titans. Um, you know that that's that's they're, they're five and four under McDermott after scoring 40 points as well. So um, I think that's that's the real the real thing there is 
the Bills have, for whatever reason, been been you know uh, prone to some of these letdown games, and I don't think that they can they can they can do that this year. I think this is a game that they need to win, especially when you look at the end of the the season, the schedule they have. Like you know, you don't know what's going to happen over the next you know several weeks, but I mean, they got the Cowboys, they've got the Chiefs, um, they've got Miami again. They've got a, a really tough. They got the Eagles a Thanksgiving weekend. Um, it, it's a tough, tough stretch to end the year, so they need to get the wins now that they can. All right, can I get a prediction out of you? Well, I think they're going to win. I mean, you picked them to win the Dolph to beat the Dolphins. I think. Um, I, I, I think uh, they're they're going to beat the Jaguars as well. Um, I think if we if we had recorded this. You know, um, after practices, you know, we recorded it before the Bills practice or, or um, made made um, before media availability. I might have given you a prediction um, if we had done it afterwards, you know, because you just saw how confident they were. And I kind of felt like the Bills were either going to blow out the Dolphins or they're going to get blown out with mm. no in between. Because usually that's kind of what happens when you mm-hmm. get confident. But. I don't know if I have a score for you. It's they're so NFL games are just so whenever you pick the score, it's never going to be what you thought it was. I think I said last week, I didn't see it being a high scoring game. Mm-hmm. And of course it was a high scoring game. So Well, I'll give you a score. I say the bills win 38, 20, 38 to 20, 38, 20. You're, you're going blowout. I'm going blowout. We'll see what happens. And then, and then what happens when, when they come back and play the Giants, is that there's got to be a letdown game in there? Are they going to have a letdown <laughs> game against Brian Dable and the, they and the Giants? I mean, no, if, the Giants? If you have a letdown on Monday Night Football, oh my goodness, Sunday Night Football, or so, excuse me, Sunday Night Football, well, whatever. But the the Giants are they are they are tough. They are they're having a tough year. They're 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 pretty devoid of of talent. Mm-hmm. Speaking of talent, and I, I don't think. The Sabers are devoid of talent. No, they're not. Um, and the the talk of the the hockey town right now <laughs> is is Zach Benson, their most recent first round pick. He's been he's been tearing it up, looking like a a young a young Gilbert Perot. <laughs> um, you know. Wow. Yeah, you don't think so. Strong words. Are, are we? This but, is isn't this the overreaction business? Yes. No, but Zach Benson <laughs> has not looked like Gilbert Perot, but he has been very good. Um, had a big goal the other day, um, a couple of big goals, I believe. Um, playing with with some of the top guys, can he make the team? I think he could, and uh, a lot's going to have to kind of happen here in the next uh, week or so. For it to happen, they're going to have to make some tough decisions, finagle the roster a little bit. But, yeah, I, th- I think it could happen. Um, it w- I, The early thought was that he was going to get a long look from the Sabres, uh, probably play the majority of the preseason games like Matt Savoy did last year, and then he get returned to junior. But, I mean, he, he's been he's been getting better each game. They're giving him some great ice time on the p- number one power play, and he's playing with Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner on the number one line. And he's seizing his opportunity, and he looks, in my opinion, pretty close to NHL ready. 
And of course, you have to take into account this is preseason and the lineups he's facing and so forth. But I just think uh, he's that talented. And as we've talked about before, he just the way he, play, he plays, he's small. They list him at 5'10. But he plays, he plays so, he's so tenacious. And, and that goes a long way. And I, I, I think, obviously, as we know, the Sabres don't want to rush people. I mean, Kevin Adams, Don Granato have made that very clear over the last three years that they're just gonna they're gonna take their time and, and do things the way they plan it out. But I mean, if they have an opening at forward still, kind of with Jack Quinn injured, uh, he he could maybe fit nicely on that uh, one of those top two scoring lines, and I, I think it's it's something. That could definitely happen. Uh, you know, there's pros and cons to it. You know, they talk about, you know, you're burning a year of his entry-level contract. I'm not sure if that's a huge deal. Um, if they send him back to junior, I, you worry about, number one, it, when you, you send a, a top player back to junior, they're so good. Um, it can be easy for them to develop bad habits. I mean, the development just isn't the same. He'd be going back to a, a place uh, in Wenatchee that just their coach just got suspended. Uh, so, you know, the Sabres just don't have that in Benson. They just don't have that familiarity. Uh, so it's not the best situation. So there's a lot to weigh. But, uh, yeah, he he could force his way onto the team for sure. And this, this is something a week ago uh, we weren't really thinking much of. But... Uh, after Saturday's performance, he had an assist. He scored the game-winning goal uh, late. Uh, I think it. I think it's a possibility for sure. It, it seems. It would seem kooky for him to come out and play with the top line, play with Tage Thompson, and then send him to play with a bunch of inferior kids and think that he would get better. Right. I mean that that's that, that's a very good point. And the thing is, and again, as we've talked about with other guys, it's like he's too young to go to the AHL. I mean, he when you're 18, you can't play in the NHL when you're property of a Canadian Hockey League team like he is. So that's out. So there's really, really the best place for him to develop is the NHL. I mean, he looks. I mean, his biggest issue, I think, now right now is his size, and not you know, not that he's short or 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 whatever i mean you you look at you look at there's a the photo out there of josh allen fist bumping the sabers yesterday on mm-hmm. the sidelines and he looks i mean josh allen's a big guy but he looks like he looks like andre the giant next to some of those guys so it's not like the nhl is filled with big guys but he's just young and he doesn't have that that grown man strength yet oh no of course not i mean he's 18 i mean they list him at five ten, and who knows what he is. I mean, he's he, he's undersized, but it's I mean, he, the way he plays, he makes up for maybe that little bit of size he's lacking. Does he have Brad Marsh on in him? <laughs> no, he's not a pest like that. But I mean, he, he but he's undersized and and right. tenacious. But yeah, I mean, Zach Benson's tenacious. Uh, just the way he like hounds guys and picks pucks and i mean that that's a big tool of his just picking pucks and just being on guys like uh you know immediately i mean he's just he 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 he, he uses that whatever puck picking <laughs> it's a big tool of his to create offense the you brought up the the idea of bringing a, a year of his contract and that's interesting i, I don't it doesn't seem like there's ever an ideal time to bring in a young guy and say, okay, 
you're here now. Let's let's do this. Like, it, it it's never going to be perfect. So why not now? No, you're right. I mean, honestly, if if they envision him you know, playing, you know, a big role on in the, among the top six and think he's ready, I mean, what difference does it make if they burn that this year? Or I shouldn't I should say burn. Burn has a bad, bad a negative connotation. What what difference does it make if his, you know, his contract kicks in this year or next year? I mean, if he's playing, he's playing. And the other thing to note, too, is that the Sabres, I mean, they have nine games before that entry-level contract kicks in. So they they could, I mean, they could keep him. They could almost stash him in a way, you know, let him practice with with them, play him occasionally, and they could they could ride that out for a while. So they have options. I mean, they can, That that's maybe the most interesting option, just keeping him for the trial. Just, I mean, I don't know if they would say that right away. But we've seen that in the past with Sam Reinhart, where they kept him nine games and they sent him back to junior. And uh, that's definitely something that's probably on the table. Definitely, probably. I mean, is there any way that they don't they don't let him they don't keep him and, and let him play out at least that that allotment of games? I'm not sure. I think it depends on. I mean, we have our opinions of them, and of course, they've praised him. But uh, I mean, we truly don't know what they think internally of him, and. There's other roster spots uh, up for grabs, and they're they're going to have to make some moves. I mean, they they might have to get rid of a goalie. I mean, are they going to keep three again? I don't. Common sense says no, but they have three three good options now, and they're going to have to do something. Um, you know, there's other forwards. I mean, they're at a point now too with waivers where they they've built up enough depth and a lot enough good depth that they, if they try to waive a couple of these guys, they're going to get claimed. So there's other things they have to kind of figure out. But uh, the 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 nine game option is 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 an intriguing option, and I, I want to go back. I said definitely, probably. I kind of talked out about both sides of my mouth there. Kind so, of, kind of, yes. <laughs> I talked out of both sides of my mouth there. Definitely, probably. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and plus the the Sabers are eventually going to have to make room for for Patrick Kane to join the roster. Oh gosh, don't to, get me started on that, please. According to, to Darren Drager, um, but. We'll 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 talk about that if and if and when it happens. Um, with Benson, you know what 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 say you, Bill? Gun to your head, is he making the team? I'll say yes. I agree. Um, with that being said, there there are other guys that are still out there that you know the, the Sabers still need to fill some roster spots with some some new blood. Who is who is out there that has a legitimate chance of being on the opening night roster? I think Brandon Byro, a forward uh, who's who played one game for them two years ago and has really developed into a top notch AHL scorer over the over the past couple of years. He had over a point per game last year. He's battled a lot of injuries, uh, missed significant time. Uh, I think all three years he's been with the Amherst, and last year he. He had surgery for a lower body injury, and he he missed the entire playoff run. So he so he hasn't he hasn't played regular season. He hasn't played meaningful games in a while. But he he's been very impressive this preseason, and he's one of those guys. Uh, he, he can play center wing, so he fit. I think he can play higher in the lineup. He can play lower, so he he fills kind of a utility role. I'd say he can do a lot of different things and a lot of different things well. 
and he's reached he's reached a point where if you try to send him down, I don't know if he's gonna I don't know if he's gonna clear. I mean, there's there's some NHL teams that are really lacking talent, like San Jose, Anaheim. There's a couple others in there that they just need guys. Uh, and uh, I mean, he would be a free player, he'd be a cheap player, so that could play into that because I mean, the Sabers I'm sure, they obviously don't want to lose him. He's had one of the more notable. Uh, camps this year, and I, I think he might be playing his way onto the roster. You're a big fan of, of, of Byro. You've you've written about him numerous times. I have, and he he's just. Uh, I I think it's important to note that he was actually acquired by the old regime, uh, free agent out of Penn State. He's just. I think he's a guy. He's he, he's never been regarded very highly. Just, but he's always he's always kept getting better. And now he's progressed to the point where he's an elite AHL player and he's knocking on the door. And he, he, I mean, Don Granato said the other day that he would have gotten games last year or they were looking at him for recalls if he didn't get hurt. So he's a guy that we might have seen more of last year. I shouldn't say more of. We we would have seen last year maybe if he he didn't get hurt. And um, I think he's one of those guys, like, if he did go back to the AHL, I mean, I think he would tear it up. I think he'd be kind of the same player he was last year, at least, where he's over a point a game and so forth. But I, I think he might be ready to earn an NHL spot here. Is Brandon Byron, is he a, is he a, a hand-picked guy from Terry Pagulo? Uh, I don't State think guy. so. But um, there was bound to be one sooner or later. I mean, They've had some nice moments in their program, and they've developed some pros. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's the first one, right? Well, I, I think it's also important to note that college hockey helmets are infinitely better than the NHL. You think so? Well, you get Notre Dame has the gold helmets. Like Those the, are too gaudy. Penn State has the, the blue stripe down the middle like the football helmet. Michigan has the winged helmet. In, in the NHL, they're all the same. Yeah, well, back in the day, uh, there were different-looking helmets. I mean, there's different brands still, but each brand had a distinct look. So, and a lot of guys, most guys, didn't wear visors. So, I mean, you could tell a guy just by looking at his helmet, looking at his, uh, you know, see if he had a visor, if he was wearing a a Jofa helmet or, or a Winwell or a Cooper or whatever. Gretzky was a Jofa guy. Yeah, apparently those uh, the Gretzky helmet was uh apparently that was like designed for actually like a, a broom ball helmet and apparently they basically gave you no protection so um it's kind of like he's playing helmetless i think what was hashik hashik it was uh a cooper i think he wore a couple different ones maybe i think he changed over time i'm sure he was compensated ha- handsomely as his career progressed for wearing from wearing a helmet Whatever yeah. helmet he wore, he always he he always wore. He was one. Of the, he didn't go with the, you know, the traditional mask like that was. No, he, he was always unique in that regard. He couldn't see out of it, the uh, the modern hybrid mask. Apparently, it's. I'm trying to look at a picture of him here, and it's hard to. It's hard to zoom in because he's. I think he wore a a, a Cooper, early in his Sabres days. I could be wrong. Cooper. Good call, Billy. But I think he changed as time went on. Well, they all do. So, but anyway, yeah, Brandon Byer has a legit chance to make the Sabres. Um, 
We also, you mentioned he had a, a lower a surgery and a lower body, a, a lower body surgery. It's it's comical. You know, you look at the NHL and it's upper body injury, lower body injury. Nobody's specific, but um, the media policies for the Sabers are, are very, very much relaxed compared to the Buffalo Bills. Like you can, you can watch the practice, you can take pictures, you can tweet. I'm sure there are restrictions on what you can tweet and what you can take a picture of. But like the Bills, we get. We get about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We get to watch the stretch. We get to watch half of the individual workout. And then we're booted. We cannot text from from uh, while we're inside the practice gates. Like, um, we have to, we, we can, we're limited in what we can say. And we can't, you know, we, we can take photos and videos and things like that. But, um, has to, for whatever reason, we can't do it until we're outside the practice gates. So it's, it's, but then you look at the injuries, and the NFL is very specific with its injury reports. Yeah, very, very specific. And yeah, NHL, it's the opposite. I mean, you watch practice, you can you can tweet, you can do whatever you want. And I mean, it's helpful. I mean, just uh, I mean, practice. I mean, sometimes you have a long practice. Maybe you you don't want to watch it for the full whatever hour, but I mean, you can definitely. Get plenty of interesting stuff. Take plenty of interesting takeaways, notes, just by watching the practice and seeing what transpires, seeing how guys react to things, emotions, whatever. Um, it, it's 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 very beneficial. So now we've we've got your your take on on Benson and Biro. Who's left? Are we are we assuming Yuri Kulik is is kind of a lock to make the roster at this point? I think he'll be sent down in the coming days. You do? You think Kulik will be sent down? Yeah. There was a t- I mean, if you would have told me before camp, I thought he had maybe uh, the inside track to kind of grab one of those forward spot, uh, the forward spot or forward spots, however they plan to do this roster. But I think, I think he, I don't think he's done a lot in camp. Um, and I think they'll just send him down. Uh, before, he's still young. Before Monday. Yeah. I mean, he's 19. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no reason he can't go back to the, the AHL and pick up where he left off last year. And if he keeps getting better, he could be a very, very special AHL player. He, he already was last year uh, for doing what he did at his age. And uh, I don't, I mean, we live in a world where we expect a lot of immediacy and that extends to prospects and all these guys. But I mean, it, he can go back down there, get better. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Same thing with Isaac Rosane. Uh, Isaac really wasn't expected to make the team, but uh, he's you know, he'll probably go back down in a couple of days. And, and uh, again, just he had a nice rookie season. He should only get better. Um, you know, spending another season in the AHL when you're 19, 20 years old isn't the end of the world. How about Matt Savoy? Matt Savoy, well, he was another guy that I had pegged as a um, – uh, kind of the inside track for an open forward spot, but he got hurt in the prospects challenge the last game early. Uh, he hasn't returned to practice yet. I think that's coming in the next couple of days. Apparently he's progressing, but I, I, I'm not sure how that's going to play out with him because he he's he's missed so much at camp. I can't see him making the team out of camp. So do they send him back to junior? Is there something else they can do with him? Um, I'm not sure. He's not eligible to play 
uh, in the AHL yet. Um, so it's either junior or the AHL. Excuse me, the NHL. He could. They could do the same with for him that they could do with Benson and keep him for a little while. Yeah. They they could. And, I can't see them doing it with two guys. Right. Though. I don't know if you can do that with two guys. <laughs> and uh, I don't. I just don't know if they have the roster spot. I mean, could they put him on injured reserve? Uh, I guess. But if he's practicing, I'm not sure how that's going to really play out. I mean, if he's getting better, I mean, if he can return to practice by you know Wednesday or Thursday, I mean, he should. You would think he would be ready for the opener. So I don't even know, really know if that's a uh, something they could do. So what you're saying is the door is open for either Zach Benson or Patrick Kane to be on this <laughs> roster. Well, you're not going to let that Kane thing go, are you? I think it's well. I think it's obviously intriguing. I think. Of course it is. But I think I it would be bananas here for a couple of days. But man, I don't want to get too far into it because it's, I don't like doing the what if. Um, I I don't know what what he's going to bring to the team at this stage in his career coming off an injury right i mean he's still a good player don't get me wrong but yeah he is older he's coming off an injury and i you know they don't really don't have a spot for him he doesn't i mean as good as he is yeah he, he's a terrific he's a hall he's gonna be a hall of famer but you're not getting the hall of fame patrick kane at this point no no but i mean he doesn't i mean that doesn't fit with what the sabers are have been doing are doing they they, they i mean as far as age goes, as far as just free, you know how they've built the roster, it just they don't have a spot for him really. And he doesn't, he can't grow a good playoff beard. They well, need a, they need that veteran that grows a strong playoff beard if they're well, going to make a run. What's what's Mike Commodore doing? Yeah, right. Um, but well, he would grow a playoff mullet. Remember, he would oh, have like, the playoff mullet, true. so he made up for it. I don't know. You need it. You, you've got all these kids that can't grow beards yet. I, you like need, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, one of these days, you're gonna hit your you're gonna hit your 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 growth spurt here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but it's like the Penguins when they they made their fruit. Well, I guess the Penguins when they made all their runs because Crosby it just never worked for him or Malkin. But mm-hmm. they you know the the first year that they had made the playoffs with those that group, but they had, I think they got swept right. But they were all just so baby faced. That's like, kind of like the Sabers right now. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I mean, those those pl- I mean, just getting in, in yeah, whatever the two thousand seven Penguins. I forgot they they lost. Uh, I don't remember who they lost to. But but just getting in, uh, will have a and that's not the Sabers' goal. I mean, they want more than just getting in. But just getting in will have a profound infa- impact on them. So then, a big piece of that is going to be goaltending. I think Devin Levi is the guy at this point. It appears so. What are they going to do with the other two guys? That's a good question. Um, and what I can tell you right now is I don't know. Um, because, I mean, as we talk right now, um, Eric Comrie has started two preseason games. He's played five periods. He's played very well. He really has. Um, and... Under normal circumstances, he would be the backup, but you have Ukapeka Lukanen, so, uh, and he needs waivers this year. So, so, how do you how does that play out? Do they carry three again? I mean, I thought it would be ludicrous that they would carry three again this year. It's just it's just not a good situation. One guy is always nudged out. I mean, not just I'm not talking about just playing, but like just even dressing for a game. Uh, you just don't get the same ice. I mean, it's just, it's not a healthy situation. I think they have the guys here that it could, that 
understand it and can and can live with it, but it's just not ideal and no one likes it. But, I mean, could they keep three to start the season? I mean, crazier things have happened. Maybe they decide that they're just going to keep him for a couple of weeks, see how things play out, and go from there. Um, I mean, it's a good problem to have. And But, I mean, the thing is, Uka Pekalukunen is 24 years, 24 years old. He wasn't that long ago. He's maybe the best goalie prospect in the world. He's not going to clear waivers. I mean, he started a lot of last year. He had he was very good for a chunk of last season, and as the season progressed, he got a little wonky. But I mean, I wouldn't be down on him. And I mean, you, you can't waive him. You can't send him to the minors. Eric Comrie's at a point where uh, I don't think if you waived him, he'd get claimed. I mean, Tampa Bay needs a goalie desperately. Colorado needs a goalie. Um, if you if you waive Eric Comrie or UPL, I mean. Uh, you're gifting someone to a team, maybe the lightning or division rival. I, I saw that floated the idea that put him on waivers. And if he, if he clears great, if he doesn't, who cares? And that to me sounds just absolutely bonkers. Like he's 24 years old. Looking at Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he's the, he's got value. He's a lot of value. And this is a guy that, you know, whatever last December, January won 12 out of 15 starts. And as I said, as the season progressed, um, he he slipped a little, or maybe a lot, you could say. But, I mean, he's still like a goalie coming off a rookie season. He won 12, whatever, 12 or 15 games. I mean, he's, I mean, he's, he's still on the path, in my opinion. And I don't know why you would cut ties with him. I, I think if you put him on waivers... I think there should there would be outrage at Adams for that because yeah. they're just throwing away an asset. Right, and and uh, I can't see him doing that. I really can't. Um, you know, the, the thing with Uka, Uka Peck is that he that people are people are down on him, or some people are down on him a little bit because of how last season progressed. I mean, I think he a lot of games he just wasn't making the big save to keep his team in it. Maybe that's the biggest knock on him. Or one of the biggest knocks right now, and then even even last week, um, you know, the, the preseason starts and Eric Comrie plays well, Devin Levi plays well, and then Uka Pekka Lukanen plays in Hockeyville against the Maple Leafs, and he played okay, but I mean, he he gave up a couple of breakaway goals, and people were looking for that big save, but I mean, and and I get it, I part of me gets that, but I mean. The guy's playing his his first game in whatever five six months. Uh, he's playing uh, with a lineup of a lot of AHL players uh, in it, uh, and he allowed a couple breakaway goals. I mean, he's playing know, in a matchbox too. Yeah, yeah, very small rank. But I mean, okay, yeah, you want to see a save there, but I mean, it's it's his first preseason game. I mean, come on, let's. Let's judge him on more than uh, you know forty minutes of preseason action. I think if he is, if they, if they decide to keep him, and I think the only way that they don't is if they find a trade partner for him. He's going to at some point be needed to win some big games for them this year, because you you don't have goal. There, there's no such thing as that workhorse goalie anymore. Right. I mean, Devin Levi's not going to play. 70 games. <laughs> no. He's, uh, uh, 
you might not play 60 games. Right. Um, at some point, you're going to need him. Of course. And I, I don't think that fans should be uneasy about him being in the lineup. I think he's, I think he's fine. Yeah. I, I, he's, I, and he, he's not going to get worse. So he's, he's fine right now. And he's either just going to be fine or he's going to get better. And I, you're right, and I, I think a lot, a lot of it is, as I've kind of talked about, you know, Devin Levi's presence um, has kind of made Ukapek is not the, you know, he's not quite the hot goalie prospect anymore. There's someone else, so that that plays into it. And I think some of it too is Ukapeka Lukanen was anointed the Sabres goalie of the future, you know, probably five years ago or so. I mean, he was dominant. Ontario Hockey League goalie, just, uh, you know, as I said, the best goalie prospect maybe in the world. And his 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 development just got off track. He had, he had hip surgery. He started in the ECHL. Uh, he's been a, a victim of, of COVID, you know, from the standpoint of just losing a lot of games. I mean, it probably cost him, I don't know, 50 to 70 starts. There's been some injuries. So his development got off track where he wasn't playing 45, 50 games a year in Rochester. He was, he was playing whatever he was, 20, 30, and he, he was, came up and he got hurt uh, when he was playing very well. Um, he missed the entire playoff run, run in uh, 2022. So, excuse me, twenty whenever it was, 2022. So, I mean, he's missed some significant time for various reasons, but I mean, uh, I still, he's not at the point where I would be down on him at all. I foresee a Ryan Miller, Martin Biron, Meek Nornan situation <laughs> happening here. Oh, boy. Turning yeah. back the clock. Yeah. But the, the thing with that was, I mean, Mika Nornan was, he was a distant third. I mean, they were done with him and. But he he was still good, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, it was it was weird. They traded him to Vancouver, and then he was just gone. Then he, he went overseas. He was, and he played a long time. He did. Yeah, yeah. So, Bill, is there is there anything non savers or, or Bills related that you are are looking forward to in the next week or so? Um, getting some rest tonight because I'm tired. But um, that's about. It's about it on right now. No, um, what, what do you want me to say? Is there something I'm supposed to say? No, I'm asking you. Oh, okay. Um, no. You going to do some fine dining at Taco Bell? Maybe I'll make some time for it. Do, I didn't, do you I didn't, eat there weekly? More like daily. Um, no, not anymore. Um, <laughs> I did used to go, you know, I actually did used to go to Taco Bell literally every day. You don't, you don't make tacos at home? My wife does. Oh. That's above my skill level. Mm, that's fair. Um, but I don't think I ate any fast food today, now that I think about it. Good job. I'm sure your colon appreciates I'm it. I'm trying to wean myself off of like stuff like that. We'll see how it progresses. Well, if you do, then you'll never go back. You think so? You know, I have the well, book. The, you, you won't be able to go back. I have the book Fast Food Nation in my basement that I bought years ago and I need to read it. I don't know if you've read it, but uh, maybe that would change my uh, outlook on fast food. Have you ever been to Culver's? What's Culver's? It's 
it's fast food, but not fast food. Like, I mean, it's still bad for you, but not quite as bad as McDonald's. Like, everything is made fresh. It's a Midwest chain. Oh, okay. It's, I have not been there. I think you brought that up before. It's superb. I should add, when I go to these places, I get, like, one small thing. I'm not, like, eating, like, three Big Macs and a large fry and a milkshake. I think that's what you do, Bill. <laughs> If you, if you, if you, just because you go and get, get the Big Mac separately doesn't mean it's just one. Like, just because you go up there three times, it's still three. No, of no, no, no. I don't, it's I, not three trips. It's, listen, I don't think I've had a Big Mac in over a decade, to be honest with you. So, it's the truth. Can't remember the last one I had. So, good for you, Bill. Good for I know, you. right? Any, any food for, are you going to have any special food for the, the Bills Jaguars game at at nine thirty. No, I mean, I, last time they played in London, I like slept through it. So we'll you gonna DVR it? I don't you don't know, have I, a DVR. No, no DVR streaming. Are you gonna stream it legally, or, or are you gonna? Is this gonna be a pirate job? No, we have Paramount or whatever. Uh, what's the game on? It well, it should be on uh, Channel Seven. We have or whatever. We, all the we have every possible streaming option we have basically for nfl so well there you go I, to be to be honest the the 9 30 nfl game is no thank you yeah i don't i don't like it i wish it was any other time really it's gonna be a weird day yeah for sure because the game's gonna end it's gonna feel like it's four thirty or five o'clock and it's gonna be you know noon noon hour so right Right, and then next week, in the following week, then you know you go to the, you go to the polar opposite where it's an eight twenty game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't like those, do you? Well, I don't think I don't think any journalist likes likes no, the. I enjoy them for my couch though. So, but even even then, you get to be an old man and you're you're fighting sleep with those <laughs> with those eight twenty games. I can stay up for those. Come on. I don't know. No, I, I, I think uh, the primetime games are the best are best for people, younger people who are attending the games. All right, if you say so. Because kids, kids can't watch them; they gotta go to bed at halftime or before the game starts. Whenever they, however young they are, or whenever they go to bed, how strict their parents are. We're coming up on the thirtieth anniversary of my first Monday night football game I attended in person. It was the Bills Oilers, Columbus Day, nineteen ninety three. Did you dump beer on anybody's head? No. Did anybody dump beer on your head? No, but we did. Um, my uncle brought hot dogs in a thermos in the water <laughs> boil, so we had hot dogs. It was amazing. Boiled hot dogs? I guess, but they cooked in the thermos or whatever. They could stay warm. I don't know what it was, but they were. It was good. That was. That's my biggest pet peeve of stadium food, is that. Well, at least in Buffalo, you can't get. A grilled hot dog at a game. They're all boiled. Like, and they don't buy it. Well, I don't. Aren't the Bison's hot dogs grilled? I don't know. It's been a long time since I've. I think the Bison's, Bison's are. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, I know. Like, I, I've gone to Fenway and I got delicious sausage there, but um, there's no way. There, there's no reason you can't grill. You can't have an industrial sized grill to grill hot dogs at a game. That you have to boil them. I don't know. Is it's it a atrocious. liability thing? I, I think it's a it's a laziness thing. Oh, I don't know. That's my pet peeve. All right, a boiled hot dog. 
But we're coming up, uh, yeah, 30 years, my first Monday Night Football game. It was the Oilers' first visit after the greatest comeback in NFL history. It's the 30th anniversary of the, the Brian Cox finger game. That's right. I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. It's the 30th anniversary of uh, a lot of things. You know, <laughs> it's. I, I saw a, a, a clip of the Bills-Broncos game, I want to say 90, where they scored – Three touchdowns in like thirty seconds. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, that was. If, if you haven't, if you haven't seen that game or don't remember it, it's on YouTube. You need to like that place was rocking. You can feel it through through the screen, even even then with low production value. I mean, you can feel that stadium. Um, and I, I I remember like during that time, "Whoop There It Is" was popular, the song. And the bill, like you know, there was the shout song, but they would the the crowd would like chant "Boop, there it is!" too after big plays or or touchdowns or whatever. And they played that song yesterday. I don't know if it was before the game or real early in the game. It's like oh, it, it you know the rivalry coming back between the Bills and Dolphins already made it feel like it was kind of a throwback. But it's like oh, am I a kid again? Felt like it felt like the early nineties. Did. I think if you if you watch that Bills Broncos game, there was a time in the NFL, I don't know, it was late eighties, early nineties, where they would tell like officials would tell crowds to quiet down. I don't know why, like like crowd noise was a bad thing. Well, I guess it, you know, influences the players, but I don't know why for a little bit they were trying to, you know, put the you know, muzzle the crowd. But I think if you watch that Bills game, it's so noisy that the official uh, tells the Bills crowd they need to quiet down, which is a crazy thought, but that actually happened. So if you do find that game on YouTube, try to find it. Well, now they've now they've searched. They switched from last year uh, during the the Bills Dolphins uh, Saturday night game. They, of course, the official uh, made a hollow threat that they were going to to penalize the Bills if fans didn't stop throwing snowballs oh. at the Dolphins. Of course, which obviously the referee cannot penalize the Bills for that, but it was a good good try for him. All right, yeah. but I, I I think uh, I think we should be in for another another good weekend of of sports here. About another week left before the Sabers start, and plenty of plenty of things to be decided before then. Very true, and we'll be back with you next week, uh, Nick. Thank you. It's been fun. Uh, Bills and Jaguars this Sunday. Sabres, uh, Blue Jackets Wednesday. Penguins Friday. And that wraps the preseason. We should, by Friday afternoon, excuse me, Monday afternoon, have the Sabres roster and we'll have more answers about Zach Benson and the goalies and so forth. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us.